everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courtside of Phoenix and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I have with us Hall of Famer and co-host, as always, Steve Flink. Steve, I think we're all going to enjoy our Thanksgiving holiday. College football, crazy games all weekend. We get Davis Cup. Then I don't even remember what day this all started. I'll help broke loose with the U.S. Davis Cup team, with the selection of the team one, and then obviously the result uh, of what happened, and that being the U.S. lost a crucial uh, crucial doubles match to lose their tie. Where do you want to start with this one, Steve? Well, first of all, doubles has become even more important than it ever was in Davis Cup because in the old days, David, it was two singles matches the opening day, doubles on Saturday, two singles Sunday. So four of the five matches in the singles, yes, the doubles could be pivotal in some ways, but on the other hand, you could overcome it. Now, if you split the singles, it all comes down to the doubles. That's the last match. That's the critical match. So captains have to place a particular emphasis and importance on who they pick as their doubles tandem. So let's set the stage a little, just so we make it clear to the listeners. You can pick up to five guys on your team, right? In this case, yeah, yeah. In this case, Marty chose to take four guys. The fifth guy that everyone thought should have been there, not to rank them one through five, I'm just saying the fifth guy that should have been there by most everybody was Rajiv Ram. Rajiv is the world number one doubles player right now. He's also played previously with Jack Sock and has been successful playing with Jack Sock. And we all know how great a doubles player Jack is. This is not something that Rajiv would have come in, never had any experience playing with Jack. That's not the case at all. He has played with him several times and they have had success. Yes, and you say he's number one. He's also, I think, widely regarded as the best doubles player in the world. Sometimes you can do it by you, – you, you achieve a lot of good results, but somebody might think somebody slightly lower in the rankings was actually a better doubles player than you are. Not with Ram. I think most people believe he's the best. So it's hard to understand. I Listen, Marty Fish is, <clears throat> is, is so uh, widely revered in the American tennis community with good reason. He got the captaincy with good reason, with the full support, I believe, of the likes of Andy Roddick and others. And I think he's trying very hard to do the best possible job. In this instance, I think he he made a serious mistake. And I think most people, close followers of, of, of the game, believe that as well. What his reasoning was, I don't know. But it seems to me that it was a no-brainer that you went with Rom. You could decide if it's going to be with soccer Maybe you put somebody else out there with him, logically sock, but certainly he has to be one of your two doubles players. And he may well carry your team to victory, and it might have been the difference. We might have moved on. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm very puzzled, and, and I say that with great respect for Marty. I mean, I, I, I think when he was named the captain, at that time it could have been Blake, it could have been Roddick. They went with him. And I, I, I thought, you know, he's a good choice. He'll, the, the players will like him. He He's had he has this sort of an even even headedness about the way he makes decisions. You, you feel like he was was the logical choice in a lot of ways. But on this particular in this instance, I hope he'll just look at himself and say, you know what? I, I, I erred on that one. I messed that up and I'm going to learn my lesson. And something like that is never going to happen again. That's how I would hope he would look at it. One thing that's interesting, you know, 
if there was, let's say, a John Isner on the team already, let's say he was one of the four, right? You can justify maybe not taking Raji, even that Jack Sock and John Isner have won Masters 1000 titles. They've won big, big titles. They've played a lot and they've been successful. If you look at any of the three other singles players, Tommy Paul, Taylor Fritz, Francis Tiafo, they, I mean, they haven't had much history playing with Sock. Don't even bring up, oh, Labor Cup, Francis and Jack Sock beat Rocky. No, no, no. Because no. that's, that's, don't even bring that up. That's not a, whatever. I'm not even going to justify that statement. Again, if there was someone like an Isner where Jack Sock has had success on it in the past playing with that individual, okay. But not having anyone that Jack has had previous success with um, on any sort of consistent basis, again, really strange. One and two, we have to talk about camaraderie, right? You, you, let's just talk about it. The, the guys are younger. The singles guys are younger. They're around all roughly around the same age. They like to hang out with each other. Um, maybe they told Marty they didn't feel Rajiv fit in great, which is weird because Rajiv has played Davis Cup before. By all accounts, Rajiv is a very nice guy. By all accounts, everybody likes Rajiv. This is not something where this, this guy is a, teen, a locker room killer, a locker room crusher. There's been no evidence of that at all. If that were the case, okay, again, maybe – um, Marty says, you know what, just for team cohesiveness, we decided to go another route. None of that has ever been aired at all in the public manner at all. And if something was behind scenes that the public doesn't know about, you know, that's one thing, but maybe, maybe Marty can kind of address it. Cause I think we're still kind of searching for answers of why he selected the team that he did. Yeah, I can only my my only explanation would be that perhaps he heard that Rajiv had injured himself shortly before. I don't know. That's it's hard to believe because there are no signs of injuries late in the season. But if he knew that Rajiv was hurting and he'd spoken to him and Rajiv was not sure he could be 100 percent, then I get it that 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 I would understand. But I hope he I hope he will clarify. I hope he'll speak about it. It, it. It's not the worst crime in the world. Lots of captains have made mistakes that have been costly, but obviously it caused a furor. And I and, and I don't I don't want to give too much credence to Twitter and social media because people get carried away. But this was unfortunate because it seemed like a very logical decision that Ra Rajiv has to be the anchor of your doubles team. I don't even think I I would go along with the, with the Isner sock. I, I it's more acceptable, but I I still would have said no. I want this guy in there. With, one, with, with another top doubles player, and that's going to give us the best chance to win. And he's the most confident doubles player we could put on the court. So I, I, I wonder whether perhaps there was an injury and it was never disclosed. I, I just don't know. Um, and, and I'll echo your thoughts. I mean, it, it was entertaining. If, if listeners want to go on Twitter, there's certain people you can go follow. And, and there was some interaction between the current guys on the Davis Cup and, and some other outsiders. Um, I'll let the listeners kind of research on that own because, again, Twitter can get crazy out there. Um, I'll ask you, and, and you've covered a ton of Davis Cups. I've followed Davis Cup pretty much my whole uh, life since I started following tennis at five years old as well. Um, it's always been difficult. And I remember in my heyday, Tom Gorman was the captain for a number of years in my heyday. And it was, it was hard for him and, and Andre play a lot of Davis cup ties, but for one reason or another, it always seemed to take a lot of convincing 
to, to have the top guys playing. I know the scheduling was different back then. You had to commit four weeks out of the year and it was always um, in between certain tournaments that, that, that oftentimes made it difficult for players. I get that. That's not just for us players. It's for all the players. Um, the schedule was the schedule even going back further. And maybe it was a personality conflict. Jimmy Connors and John McEnroe, they didn't play a lot together in Davis cup, hardly at all. I believe um, it's been a chore for captains to get the top players to play. Why do you think that is? Well, first, let me just start with McEnroe and for all the criticism that was thrown his way and some of it justifiably for his behavior at times, he almost always committed. He was, he was enamored of Davis Cup. It meant a lot to him. He got singles and doubles, Steve, with Peter Fleming. And he was a, he was a just an outstanding Davis Cup, one of the great Davis Cup records in U.S. Uh, history. Connors was a different story. He 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 was not. He was more of a loner. He he and he and McEnroe didn't didn't get along very well. So when they did play together, there could be problems. So he often opted out. It usually wasn't a question of the captain, David. I think what happened was the schedule was getting more crowded. So the likes as we moved on in time past the you, you had Arthur Ashe preceding Gorman, who you mentioned, and then along came Gullickson. Tom Gullickson did a fine job, and Patrick McEnroe had a long stint and was probably one of one of the best. And and it would turn over to Jim Courier and now Marty Fish. None of them have had an easy time getting players to commit because of the scheduling that you just mentioned. It used to be spread out through the years. Now the ITF has changed it, and it, they're, they're trying to find a better way to, to get players to make the time frame easier and put these, la- these quarterfinals on in a short time frame at the end, which was very successful this year. So I don't think it's about the captain. I think it's about player preferences and weighing it up against going for a number one ranking, being fresh for a major championship, whatever the reasons might be. And it is an individual sport, so it's it's difficult. So I don't think it was ever about the captains, but I will say McEnroe was was he was phenomenal in how how committed he was, and he didn't care how much flack he took. Now, quick point about Gorman that you mentioned. Gorman was in a tough spot because there'd been some questions about John's behavior and Jimmy's behavior. And when he started his captaincy, the USTA president at the time, Randy Gregson really strapped him in. He didn't want those guys named to the team. He was dis- he was so strongly disapproving of their behavior. That was a really unusual and a tough thing for Gorman to have to endure because it should have been his choice, not the USTA presence. But so a lot of things happen over the years with, with, uh, especially in, in American tennis with players at various times not committing, including Sampras, including Agassi, because there were times it was really too much for them. Like Sampras, when McEnroe started his captaincy, hurt himself in the Australian Open semifinal against Agassi, had a, a bad leg injury, so he couldn't commit to go to Zimbabwe a few years that he had. You're talking John McEnroe, not Patrick at that time. Yeah. This is John now, right. John had started his captaincy because he preceded Patrick, and uh, he had a much shorter run. and and. John was not happy about that. Later in the year, Agassi withdrew for he didn't want to play one of the ties. So there were times when those guys and, and again, I don't think it had anything to do with Pete and Andre. It had to do with the state of their bodies, the state of their minds, what they were. You know, it's very tricky to make, make yourself available all the time. So that's the history there. And it, 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 it's, it's never easy. And to get back to Marty Fish, I just want to say once more, I, I still I hold him in the highest regard. And I believe that. This this should not be a disqualifying thing in any way. He deserves to move on with his captaincy. 
and and th- it happened and it's unfortunate that we lost. We'll never know. Maybe if Rajiv had played, we still would have lost. We're never going to know that. But would have given us the best, the Americans, the best chance to win. Well, that's what I write. Of course, you never know the outcome. But I think a, a, any leader you or any coach, any person in that position, you want to try to give your players the best right. chance to succeed. And again, if, if it was known that this one individual is a locker room killer or whatever, like that, that that's that's an issue and you have to take that into account. But again, there's been nothing like that. And it's just been, um, it's just been hard. And to echo what you're saying with, um, with, with previous teams, I mean, again, me, I'm growing up and I've told you this story many times in 1992, I was in Minneapolis with the dream team with John McEnroe. And he was, you know, in his later stages of his career, he was playing doubles with Pete and Andre and Jim were singles. I mean, we could, if they all committed and Andre played a ton of ties, so I don't want to make it look like, Andre didn't play a lot. He played a ton, but those other guys, like we could have strung that team together for a number of years. And it's just, it's, it's, it's like you said, it's just hard, um, hard to do. Oh, very hard. And I, and frankly, I, I fully understood why uh, there were times when Sampras and Agassi did not want to play. And they had good reasons in Sampras in the case of when John started his captaincy, that was a, a, an injury that would, he wasn't going to have enough time to recover from that injury. That's all there was to it. It was very bad luck because I think he had been very excited about going over there to play. And yes, they, they all played a lot. Connors did not play that much uh, measured up against the other top players. That was sort of the defiant Maverick in him that didn't really necessarily want to be part of a team setup, but McEnroe, just the opposite. Sampras and Agassi joined forces did some great things together in, in the Davis Cup, no doubt about it, and, and enjoyed themselves in the process. Um, I, I, just to echo your thoughts on Marty, I mean, I've, I've been a big fan of Marty, and as you said, I, I think everybody loves Marty. Um, maybe in the maybe sometime in the near future, we'll get a little bit more clarification about the decision making process. Um, David, a quick point on that. I just think I wonder, I still keep wondering, all those other guys are much younger, the camaraderie with them. I, I don't know whether the likes of Tommy Paul and Fritz and, and the other guys, if they know Rajiv as well as they know each other. But I can't believe they had anything against him. That, right. they, would, they, that they would have gone to Marty and said, how can you use him? Play one of us. I can't believe that was the case. And, so. and Rajiv's played, Tommy was, he's played Davis Cup before. Tommy was on the team, what was it, several months ago when Rajiv played with Jack. Yeah, Powell. oh yeah, he has. But I'm, I'm just saying they, they're closer to each other in age and probably in perspective. But, I don't think anybody disagrees with that. But, but, but again, but I, don't, I don't think it gives you the best chance to succeed. Still. No, not at all. I'm saying that doesn't mean that Marty would have had a hard time convincing them, hey guys, I'm going with Rajiv and that's it. That's my decision. That's my call. I, I don't think he would have caught any flack at all for that. Not at all. Not at all. Um, well, that being said, we, we wanted to address this topic. There actually was tennis played outside uh, this issue of the United States Davis Cup team. Just this morning, uh, the final, it was Australia versus Canada. Canada won their first ever Davis Cup title, right, Steve? First ever, and the hero was, was FAA. Felix really came through in the clutch. Because it opened today in the finals with Denis Shapovalov, his left-handed countryman, came through. He'd had a tough time yesterday in the semis, but he got them started with a victory, with a straight set win. And then it was Felix clinching it. 
And uh, I, I think it, it was it was a great win for Canada. They beat the Australians. You know, uh, it was Chapovala beating Kokonakis, and then Felix followed follow with a with a good win of his own straight over a much tougher opponent, Alex Di Minore, because Alex is really a tough customer, and Felix beat him in straight sets. And had a, in the second set of that clinching match, he was down uh, love thirty a couple of times, including when he served for the match in fifteen for love forty once. And he got uh, 15, 40, love, the love 30, love 40. And so half of his service games were really arduous, but he came through in the clutch and he had come through yesterday in, in the clutch in the doubles uh, to, 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 to put them into the finals after winning a singles match. So it was a great weekend for FAA and a nice ending to the year. Cause as you know, he won three tournaments in a row, then hit a little bit of a, of a bump by when Olga Runa beat him in, in uh, Runa beat him in Paris and and ended his winning streak and then he didn't make the semifinals of the year end championships over in Turin which was I think disappointing to him. Now he ends his season on a high that I think is going to carry him into 2023 mightily. I think he's going to have a huge 2023. Fun little nugget. Um, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure this is right. Felix and Dennis also won the Junior Davis Cup tie playing together for Canada. So I'm almost positive that occurred. So that's something fun where they played together. Um, they have a lot of history together, obviously. Um, and they win the. They've, they've had a nice friendship for a long time. I don't know if they're as close as they were when they were younger. And I'm sure it's difficult having that kind of a. At one time, Dennis might have been seen as the greater prospect than Felix has surpassed him, at least for now. But I do think they have immense respect for each other, and they were really delighted to, to pull this off. Well, it was a great accomplishment for, for Team Canada. Uh, congratulations to them. And um, we're going to have our year-end segment coming up soon, Steve. We're going to do that. we still got some things scheduled, so stay tuned with us. Um, interesting year. Very interesting year that we'll get into the year-end. And it all started with um, all the craziness in Australia. So we'll hit on all that. Um, coming up soon. So everybody, hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I already talked to Steve. Steve had a great Thanksgiving. I had a great Thanksgiving and we will all talk soon. Steve, thanks again. David, thank you.